Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church. As Pastor Joel concludes his study in the book of Revelation, he's in chapter 22, verses 6 through 21, with the message entitled, Behold, I am coming quickly. We come together and we are people uh, who do the same thing every uh, Sunday. We open God's Word and we worship together. We're people of uh, the Word and worship. doesn't matter what happens all around us in politics and the world. We're, we're people that should just be faithful. And that's really what God's called us to be. Uh, as His church, this worshiping community of Jesus followers, so we're just be, be faithful that we, we find our anchor in God's Word and we return to him. So we're going to do that again today. We're going to end the book of Revelation. Uh, we've been looking the last four weeks on these last two chapters. We're going to spend uh, just a little bit of time looking at verses 6 through 21 in chapter 22. Uh, the first couple weeks, uh, we've looked at what is this new heaven and new earth, uh, this idea or this vision that uh, heaven is going to come down and dwell with humanity again. God's coming with his bride to the new heavens and new earth. This is the end of it, that God is going to be there redeeming and calling us all to be fully uh, human like we've never been because we'll be these heavenly bodies as, as well. That it's coming here. Now today we're going to look at these last few verses and we're going to look at Christ's return and our response. Christ's return and our response. So I'd like to begin by reading that section of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles or your, your phones, we'll be in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 6. He said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brother uh, and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do righteous, and the holy still be holy. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. 
And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of these prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you add your blessing to the reading of the word, that as we come to the conclusion of the Bible, Lord, that you would uh, draw our hearts to you, that it would encourage, it would give us hope, it would allow us to know how to navigate as we wait for you to come. So Lord, I, I pray just as the just as the words say, like, that we would be able to be the ones who hear, that we could hear and invite people to come, that we would be the ones that, that come, that are prepared, that are ready for your arriving. Lord, this wouldn't be a scary thing, but a thing we long for, the, the healing of the nations. Lord, your forgiveness and hope in this world. And so, Lord, as we look at these last few verses... Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would touch our hearts, make us more like you. Lord, make us love you more and be able to live in that hope that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if you look at the structure of those last few verses, you'll, you'll see that there's three times, it's, it's, it's divided up very well, that it says, behold, or surely I am coming soon. Three times, behold, I am coming soon. Now, when we hear that line, most often we think, when? If you're coming soon, that was 2,000 years ago, when are you coming? Uh, but actually, as we look at it and see, and as we spend some time today looking at the Bible, the question isn't as much when, but how God is coming. So uh, in your translations and in several of the translations, instead of soon, the word quickly is there. Behold, I am coming quickly. He's talking about how he is coming, not when he is coming. And really, it doesn't matter how we parse that too much. Uh, it's driving us to the, the point in this question of, are you ready? If he comes, are, are you ready? Uh, this, actually, reading through this reminds me of a cold winter in Slovenia. Uh, it was in 2008. Uh, our son, Elijah, our oldest son, was born in Kran, Slovenia, uh, January 15, 2008. Uh, and it was quite an experience to have a kid outside of uh, our culture, our country here in the United States. Uh, Abigail was actually born over there too, a year and a half before, so we had some experience of uh, having a kid uh, in a different culture. Uh, but boy, there's lots of stories we could tell you, and I'll let Amy share a lot of those over coffee sometime if you want to hear those. But having a kid in a different culture is, is just very uh, different. Um, early on, Elijah was given the due date of January 4th, um, so which... We were expecting January 4th, but we were hoping that right around Christmas time he would come. Wouldn't that be nice? A Christmas baby, also a tax break would be nice. 
uh, especially when you don't have a lot of money, a little tax break. Uh, so we got everything ready. That fall, we prepared everything. We had a, um, a nursery that we had set aside this one room. We painted it the colors that we wanted to. We got a, a screaming deal on this really cool uh, furniture. That's a whole other story that uh, God kind of brought to us. So we set the whole room up. Uh, and just like all new parents do. I mean, we had stacks of diapers and, you know, and boxes for the different ages. We had the creams and the ointments and the outfits and everything. We even had the first day outfit of when we were going to bring him home. We were ready. We were ready for this little guy to come. December 25th, we were, we were hoping. Uh, so we went on walks. We ate spicy uh, food. We did exercises. We did everything we could to get this little guy to, to come. We, we were waiting. Just come on. We're, we're ready for you to be here. Well, Christmas came and Christmas went and no Elijah. Uh, the 20, 26th came, nothing. The, the 27th, nothing. The 28th, nothing. And, and we were just waiting. The doctors kept saying, he's coming soon. But every day we were like, we'd go to bed and no Elijah. And to be honest, we were a little bit frustrated. We were disappointed. We wanted him to come. Come, Elijah. We're ready for you. Well, finally his due date came, January 4th, and nothing. <laughs> These are the longest days and weeks. As you're sitting there, you're prepared, and you're just waiting. Come on, Elijah. Come on. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Well, January 14th, so several weeks later, oh, Amy has a doctor's appointment, and the doctor is like, hey, I think let's just keep you in the hospital in case anything happens. So I go home. I'm with my uh, one-and-a-half-year-old Abigail at the time, and we had plans the next day to have some friends come over and watch Abigail, and I would go to the, the hospital. And, uh, you know, we were just, we were waiting. We were ready. We were prepared. Uh, and then at 6 o'clock, 6.06 the next morning on January, uh, January 15th, Amy calls me on my phone. I remember uh, she was in tears and going, you got to get here now. He's coming. He's coming. You have to come now. And so here I am. Our friends weren't going to come for another couple hours. So, so I race next door to our neighbors. I'm banging on our neighbor's door. And I said, will you come watch Abigail? I got to get to the hospital because he's coming. He's coming now. Like, this is quick. After all those weeks and months of waiting, knowing that he's coming soon, not knowing the day or the hour, when he finally came, he came quickly. Well, I got to the hospital, raced up there, and at 11 o'clock, uh, actually 11.08, Elijah was was born. We waited and waited and waited until the moment of his arrival, and then it came quick. He's coming. Now, as we understand Scripture in the whole, we see this throughout the, the Scripture, that, that Christ is going to come in much a similar way. We know that one day he is going to come. He's going to come back. It's very soon. Uh, we have this promise of heaven coming to earth. We have the promise of God's dwelling place being with uh, humanity again in this new heaven and a new earth as he brings the bride, his church, down. Uh, but the Bible is also very clear that we don't know the hour or the day or the time of his arrival. So just like Elijah, as we waited for him to come, it's the same thing for us as Christians. We wait for the Lord to come, wait for his arrival. Now, this was often on Jesus' mind as well. Uh, he, he spoke about that day of, of his arrival, his coming very often as well. He told lots of stories about it. Uh, one of those stories was about a, a wedding. 
You can find this in Matthew 25. Uh, a wedding in the time of Jesus, it was, a, it was a very great picture of Jesus' arrival when he came, would come back. Uh, you see, the groom would often go in that culture, would go to the bride's house and would uh, gather her up and bring her back to his house for the, the wedding feast. But they wouldn't just go straight there. They would take this long, extended route through the cities and by roads, letting everyone know, hey, there's a wedding feast at hand. Come on, come to the wedding feast. And they would invite everyone. There wasn't announcements like how you make announcements and send them out. The announcement was this parade as they went throughout the city. So the weddings weren't actually like uh, meet at Hollyview at 3 o'clock on Saturday. It was whenever the bride and groom would finally get to the house. That's when the wedding would start. So depending on how far away the the bride lived or or how many streets they would go over, you just waited. The wedding was not going to happen without the bride and the groom. Well, Jesus told the story of this one wedding where there were these 10 young women who were waiting at the groom's house for the bride and groom to come. Well, of course, they don't know when that time is going to be, uh, so they had their, their lamps prepared for night, uh, but, but five of these ladies, they weren't prepared to bring extra oil. They just had the oil that they had in their lamps, and that was it. And the other ladies, they were prepared. They didn't know how long the, the parade would take, so they brought extra oil. Well, that parade for the wedding took a long time, uh, so night fell, and it became dark, and all ten of these ladies fell asleep. And then they heard the announcement. They're coming! They're coming! Get up! They're coming! They're on their way! Quickly! Quickly! And so the, the five women who were prepared put more oil on their lamps to be able to light their lamps, and the other women, they didn't have enough oil, so they had to go and either find it or sell it, but ended up not being able to go into the, the wedding feast. Now, in that time, the lamps was, it's kind of funny. These weren't lamps to, like, light your way to know where they go. Uh, these, were, these were lamps, actually, to show someone's face. There weren't street lamps and all that stuff in the city. So if you have 10 young women going through a city at night, there would be, what are they they doing? Where are they going for? And and it was really a safety measure to have a lamp and have it up to your face. So as these five ladies come to the wedding feast, they show their lamp and they say, yes, we know you, come in. Well, these other ladies, they couldn't do that. They said, we don't know you, so you need need to leave. So here's here's how Jesus summarizes the moral of the whole story. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. Be prepared. So when that groom, bride and groom came, was that good news or bad news? Well, it depends on who you were. It was great news for those who were waiting, who had the lamp. They were ready to start the celebration. But for the people, the women that weren't prepared, that was really bad news. It's the same arrival, same coming, but some people were prepared and some people weren't. The bride is coming. The hour is here. Are you ready? Now, I want us to turn back to our text in Revelation 22. And we're going to see that really this passage has much less to do about when he is coming, but how he is coming quickly. That's going to encourage us all to be ready at a moment's notice. Because God's not slow in keeping his promises, he is coming quickly. Are you ready? Well, when the Lord comes, he's going to bring with him either a blessing or judgment, uh, depending on if you are prepared or if you are not. So, so how are we to live in this meantime, as, as we're waiting for the Lord to appear? What are we supposed to be about? What are we supposed to do? What are we, what are we supposed to focus on? 
Well, it begins the section, these words are trustworthy and true. So, so taking these words, I want to give us four postures of preparation as we wait for the Lord to appear. Four, four postures, four things that we need to be engaged in as the people waiting for the Lord's return. Not knowing when it's going to be, but it's going to be quickly. The first thing we need to be, we need to be people of the word and worship. People of the word and worship. You know, this world is crazy. There's so many things that, like the drama and the things that are in the governments and the politics and economics and everything that can sway us all over the place. And we're waiting for the Lord to return. How do we navigate this world? And I think we need to be anchored in the word. If you ever wonder, man, how are we supposed to respond to all this? The, the correct response is we need to go back to the word. We need to be people of God's word, so that we're not swayed on either way. Uh, when things like crazy happen in our world, we, we don't respond with drama and, oh my goodness, who could believe? This is just history repeating itself again and again, evil trying to take over. But God says, just be anchored in my word. In, in, in verse 7, it says, blessed is the one who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now, that's the book of Revelation, but it could also be the book, uh, the whole book of the, the Bible as well. The one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So there's a, there's a blessing. A, there's a happiness. There, there's a wisdom uh, in keeping the words of the Lord. So John sees this angel and hears what he says, and he gets actually distracted a little bit. Uh, and that can happen to us as well, that we can get distracted on different things, even really good things. Uh, he, he hears these words, and then all of a sudden John falls down and starts worshiping this angel. And this angel's like, what are you, what are you doing? Get up. I'm just, like, I'm just like your brothers. I'm just like the prophets. I'm just a messenger of the word. And it's very simple. He says, worship God. Worship God. You know, uh, I think this is a word of encouragement to the churches of which we're one of, to not worship Christian celebrities or pastors or politicians or musicians or authors or athletes. We should, everyone, it's truly come in the name of the Lord is going to point to worship the Lord. Don't worship me, worship the Lord. Don't worship any politician or celebrity or anyone. Worship the Lord, worship him alone. You know, as we wait for the Lord to return, uh, we should be people of his word that are grounded. That when you feel out of control, that you go, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go back to his word again and read it every day. And people that are responding in worship to the Lord with our lives, with our service, with our thoughts, with our actions. Be people of the word and worship. Second thing, be sanctified. Be sanctified. Now that's a, like a big churchy word, uh, but it actually just means to be sanctified just means to be set apart just to be different. Uh, another word in the Bible is holy for that. In verse 14, there's another blessing. It says, blessed uh, for those who wash their robes. It's this idea that, it's actually in Revelation, and there's another image of that as well, who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb, who, who have their identity, their actions, who look more and more like Jesus. So, so as we wait on the Lord to appear, that he is not only just saying, hey, just wait there. He's calling us to be someone even different from out of this world. That there's this purity of action and thought that he, he's shaping in each one of us. Our aim then as we wait is, 
is towards purity. It's to be engaged in things that if the Lord came right now at this moment or, or during this week as you're at the computer, He would came right then, He would be happy with you. He'd be pleased. He'd be like, yes. He wouldn't come and, and see uh, idolatry or anger or jealousy, but that we'd be, look more and more like Jesus every day. You know, so as we, we think about the Lord's appearing, we don't just sit and wait. We should be busy becoming more like Jesus in our lives. The, the good, the happy life, the blessed life is really uh, free from sin and guilt as we enter into this life with, with Jesus, as he purifies us. As we wait, he is transforming us to the image of his son. To be people of his word and worship, we're to be sanctified. Uh, the third thing we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be a witness. We're supposed to be a witness. You know, we've... Jesus hasn't come back yet because we've got a job to do. Uh, we are to be uh, the people of, that are being shaped both personally, but also people that are inviting other people who don't know Jesus to come, to get ready. In, in verse 17, it says this, The Spirit and the bride say, come. Well, who, who's he, who are they saying come to? The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. They're in, the Spirit and the Bride, the church, the people of God, are in unison together as they're working together as these Spirit-powered people telling everyone else, hey, come. Come. Get ready. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires take the water of life without price. This is a direct passage from Isaiah uh, 55, where there is an invitation when, when God finally comes and makes things right, that there is these herald or messengers, come, it's free. We're not, we're, there's no manipulation or, 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 or any heresy. This is the true words of God. And if you're broken, if you're thirsty, if it's not right, come. And the people that have come, who do have this relationship with Jesus, are the ones who are supposed to, or have been given the job along with the Spirit to invite people. So neighbors and co-workers and friends, it's your job to say, come. Would you come? Are you thirsty? Is this world not enough? Do you, are you looking for something more? Come. Let me introduce you to Jesus. If you want to be satisfied, Come. And I think about it as if like somebody uh, had the cure to cancer and was going to come over to your house uh, and cure you of cancer. Or, or somebody who figured out this whole COVID thing and says, it's, it's done, I'm going to give you this thing and it's over. Uh, and he's coming to your house. And you know people that are sick in the hospital and you're like, oh, I have the answer for this. Wouldn't you invite them? Hey, come over. You got to come over to the house. You got to come and meet this guy. Or, or like a celebrity that you've always like just admired or some sports here that's coming to your house. Of course, you're going to invite people. Hey, Damian Lillard's coming to my house tomorrow. Who wants to come and meet him? Come. Come. It's this excitement, and it's our responsibility as Christ followers who have come, who do hear, to, to respond and say, come. Unfortunately, we say come and people can't hear. Or they refuse the invitation. But it's not our responsibility to make them here. It's simply our responsibility to invite them to come. Come. 
It's not your job to open their eyes. It's not your job to open their ears or change their heart. It's simply your job to give the message that God has given you. Would you come? There are answers. There is redemption and forgiveness for your soul. All are welcome. Come. That's why we're still here, church, to be a witness, along with the Spirit, to invite people to come. Come to Jesus. Finally, the last posture of preparation. The last thing we should be doing is we should be ready. Jesus tells us for the third time in verse 20. He says, surely I am coming soon. So John responds to that with another, another invitation, but not to people around him. It's the invitation is to, to Jesus. He says, Jesus, says, I'm coming soon. And he says, come on, Lord. Come on, just come. I'm, I'm ready. Would you, would, you just, would you just come and make things right? It's like a, a pregnant woman in her ninth, ninth month going, come on, baby, let's get this thing out of me. It's the grandchildren looking at the, the living room window for Grandma and Grandpa to come at Christmas. And come, Grandma and Grandpa, come. you got to come. It's this eager anticipation of excitement and joy. They're ready. But if you're not prepared for that time, it's a time of judgment. It's a time to finally pay the piper for all the evil that you've done. It's actually the same appearing, but two different results. So Jesus is coming. The question is, are you ready? Uh, Hebrews 9.27 says this, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you ready? Are you living this life of uh, preparation now? As, as Jesus is calling you to look more and more like his son, to be uh, grounded in his word, to be living a life of worship to him. Are you inviting other people to come? Or are you just hunkering your head down and saying, oh, I hope he comes and rescues me and the whole world is dying around us. We have, we have people that are lost all around us in our workplaces and schools and neighborhoods and families. It's our job, church, to say, come, come. If you're thirsty, come. And it's a challenge, I think, for us as well. A challenge, would, would you be able to say at any time during your week, uh, come Lord, come. We're ready for you right now. Uh, as you're watching a, a TV show, uh, are you willing to say, come Lord, come now. As you're dealing uh, with your friends or family or, or, or how you're working in your job, are you willing to say, come Lord, you can come now. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready for you to come. He says, behold, I am coming quickly. I think that quickly we can all confirm with. Because the older you get, especially, the more you feel like, man, how quickly life is going, isn't it? Uh, how, how quickly your kids go from uh, infants to elementary school to middle school to high school, and then all of a sudden they're gone and you're empty nesters. And... and just like I talked to my mom who just retired uh, this last June, and she's like, how did we get to this point? It just, it happens so quick. Uh, and I think 
it happens quick for each one of us and in different ways. Um, there was a kid, a 21-year-old kid who played on the Barlow basketball team uh, this last week that got shot in Gresham quickly. It's over. I hope he was prepared. Th this isn't a... Uh, this isn't a make you feel guilty, but I think as we get to the end of the Bible, in the, in the last chapters, it is, he's coming quickly. How are you spending your time? Are you coming to him? Are you giving your life to him? Are you making it count? Are you making it worth something? If you're retired, are you spending your time uh, volunteering for things like the Good News Health Clinic that's coming up? It's only a couple hours, but it's going to mean so much I think for you, for you kids, if you're listening and you're coloring something, I'm telling you, as a 45-year-old, it's going to go quickly. Spend your time wisely. Get to know the Lord. Get to know his word. Are you ready? It says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Let's pray, and I'll invite the worship team to come back up. Lord, I just pray if, if someone here is not ready for your return, is not prepared, um, Lord, I, I pray that they would get to know you, that they would come, that they would have ears to hear, uh, and that this life would be full of meaning as we hope for the future, that they'd be prepared for the judgment. Not, not that they would pay for all their own sins, Lord, but that they would cast their sins on you on the cross and that they would be completely satisfied in who you are. Lord, that they would recognize that the wages of their sin is death, but that in your death that can be paid for so that they can eagerly anticipate something that's so much better than what we have right now. Just We've just experienced just tastes of what the new heaven and new earth are going to be like. So that can be something that we hope for, something that we prepare for, we're ready, we eagerly long for, and we say, come, Lord Jesus, make everything right again. Forgive me, Lord uh, invite me into that celebration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church. Church.